Well, hello, everybody. This is Pastor Jeremy, and um, I am coming to you from the shores of some lake, I don't know what it's called, at St. John's Abbey in Collegeville, Minnesota. I'm hanging out with the monks at the monastery uh, near St. Cloud. Uh, This is one of a regular spot that I like to slip away to every once in a while to to refresh, to, to retreat, to do some writing, long walks around the trail in the woods unbelievable space here that uh, the Benedictine community uh, has made available to to weary pastors and and pilgrims to get away. Uh, You can go pray with the monks throughout the day if you want. Um, But I like to just hold myself up in in this little guest room with this beautiful view of the lake and the woods. Well, I'm here and I'm recording this on my iPhone, so it might sound... uh, less polished than my fancy podcast mic, but I'm here to take stock of the, the year or so we've just gone through. Um, yes, some rest, but also some reflection. And I thought just at this moment I would share just what's on my heart, what's on my mind with those seven people who like to listen to this. Wow, what, what a moment um, in my life. Um, in my family. It's just, it's not um, inappropriate to say my cup runneth over right now. Um, I just graduated. Uh, I'm a doctor. A uh, lifelong dream has been achieved and, uh, and it feels good. My four years at Northern Seminary studying with renowned New Testament scholar Scott McKnight has, has been awesome. It's been um, invigorating. I've learned a ton, but more than that, I've just gained confidence in what I've already known um, as my, my, my gifts in ac- academics, my writings have been affirmed by my classmates and by the professor that I hold in such high esteem. And, and so I come out of that degree, um, yeah, I know more stuff, but when I feel like I have a voice that, um, that the world needs and, it, and it's calling me to to speak and write and, and teach in ever new ways in this next season. So that's exciting. Um, I set two goals when I turned 40, and, and I've written a lot about my midlife revision. I don't like to call it a crisis, but, but it definitely is a midlife thing I went through, and it, and it came upon me right at 40, almost to the day. And... Um, but I've come out of the mud, the thick mud of, of some soul searching and, and vocational rethinking, and I'm in a better place. Um, but I did set two goals as I kind of reflected on moving out of my 30s into a new decade of life. Uh, what, did I, what did I wanna accomplish in my 40s vocationally? And, and two rose to the top. First, I, I, I hoped that in my 40s I would get to experience uh, being a college professor. Um, ever since I was in college myself and God just got a hold of me and stirred up this excitement for higher learning, for s- s- biblical scholarship, I've, I've just admired professors and scholars and I've longed to uh, be considered one of them. If I could just have a classroom and some students 
and get to open the scriptures and talk theology and New Testament, I would be a happy man. And, um, you know, the Lord called me um, down a different path the past 15 or so years into ministry, uh, many years in youth ministry, and now um, over a decade leading Main Street Covenant Church as a church planter and senior pastor. Um, but it's like finally reaching this this lofty goal. Um, and guess what? I'm only 42, and um, I'm in my third year of teaching college students at our Solid Rock Discipleship School, where I teach um, Intro to Bible, first semester, and Systematic Theology, second semester. This is a neat little program, um, a one-year, kind of a gap year program where students get to live in community at Lake Beauty Bible Camp. They get two semesters of college classes, they go to the Boundary Waters Canoe Area for eight days, and they go to Israel, God willing, for two weeks. And they serve together at a local church and do life together in community. It's been awesome. And uh, But with my doctorate in hand, I have uh, I floated my resume out to some um, the Christian colleges nearby uh, to see if they had adjunct opportunities. And lo and behold, um, I have received favorable responses from four different universities. And I will be teaching this fall at North Central University in Minneapolis, a small Christian school right in downtown by U.S. Bank Stadium. Beautiful campus. And I'll be teaching theology there this fall. I'm, I'm thrilled. I get to bring my new uh, leather briefcase that Carrie got me for graduation and my maybe go buy a couple tweed tweed jackets and uh, I got my nerdy glasses I can sport and I get to walk onto campus and teach a whole new group of students and I'm just thrilled I feel so blessed I'm excited I'm giddy a little nervous but a 20-year dream is coming true I'm a college professor but my family, some cool things happening in my family. Um, I just dropped Peter, my oldest. He's 10 years old, almost. He'll be 10 in about a week off at church camp at Covenant Pines and just, just watching him grow up so fast and dropping him off at camp for a whole week by himself. And But the thing that's got me excited with Peter is, uh, I mean, he... He has long wanted to follow in my footsteps, um, and I don't know how I feel about this, but he he wants to be he wants to be a pastor when he grows up. He tells all his teachers, he tells everybody he's going to be a pastor. I kind of cringe and hope he would maybe choose a different path, but not really. I, I'm I'm excited about that longing he has, um, but he's he's such an eager kid. He's almost too eager to please. Um, you catch a, a hint of he's trying to earn my affection. He's trying to impress, um, be good enough as a Christian. And, and, and that's just, I don't know where that's coming. I don't know if I'm pulling that out of him or in, 
instilling that sense that he needs to to impress me or earn earn my my affection for him. I, I hope not, but because we you know we've tried to cultivate a a culture a Christian culture in our church and in our family where it's like man we're all broken we're all messed up and Jesus loves misfits and and his kingdom belongs to such as these and there's no like earning your way into his uh, into his graces and into his uh, onto his team and when we talk about um, the faith we, we talk about discipleship as being on Jesus team like Jesus uh, is looking for a team of, of people who want to go out into the world and and um, and bring uh, joy and blessings and peace and grace to to a broken world and and all that's needed is a willing heart and, and a desire to to hang with Jesus. Well, all that to say, Peter will be baptized this August, and um, he's been asking for a couple summers, honestly. And we've you know we've just been kind of well, let's not rush it. And then 2020 happened. He was going to be baptized last summer. And then we said, well, do you want people to be there? <laughs> As things were closed down and we weren't gathering. So here we are, finally this summer, preparing for uh, Peter's baptism. Um, and so it's our first child who's taking this step. And so, you know, we want to make it special and monumental, but... Um, but not make it too big of a thing. I don't know. Uh, so here's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm kind of. Uh, we're booking. A, we're we're gonna go on a couple dad adventures this summer here to have some God talks and and some discipleship, baptism preparation conversations and and I keep hinting at Peter like you know, choosing to be a disciple is. You know, it, it means um, you're turning away from, you know, you're just being selfish and, and throwing tantrums and it's trying to um, choose the Jesus way. And it's so hard, and I just want to be honest about this, it's so hard to um, call people to a higher pattern of life after Jesus um, without it sounding like a, a moralistic charge or guilt trip especially with a young boy uh, and so we've had these moments where where he'll just you know be acting like a 10 year old and, and just being selfish or um, picking on his siblings and, and and I'll just you know s- subtly say you know Peter like is that is that the Jesus way to respond and uh, you know come on we're practicing to follow Jesus now and you're going to make a public statement that you are a Jesus follower later this summer so we got to start practicing and every time I do that I mean I know it's right and true but I'm always like oh god here's works here's law here's uh, moralism and um and and my biggest fear is that Peter would think that he needs to earn become good enough to be baptized and every time he messes up he's gonna feel like he, he's blown it and uh, so it's a fine line because I think easy cheap grace has taken over much of the church and uh, but then again I don't want to float back into uh, you know a graceless fundamentalism and, uh, of just and so 
So I wrestle. I wrestle with, with Jesus saying, look, those who love me, they keep my commandments. I mean, it's such a crazy, it's right in the context of, of John's gospel where he's talking about like, I'm going to give you the spirit to indwell you and I'm going to make my home in you and and we're going to have this intimate union This and then you're going to be a vine, a branch that's connected to me, the vine, and and there's going to be this intimate life of 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 growth, of flourishing, of, of development. And yet in the same moment, Jesus is saying, but those who really love me, well, they're the ones who, yeah, obey me. <laughs> so, so obedience is not at odds with this gracious life. Of, of relationship with a God who you don't have to earn your way into his love. But yet, once he calls your name, you better be striving to um, represent him well. Um, and I think the way I might put it is to say, look, n- none of us are going to faithfully obey Christ every day. But we better want to want to obey. Or want to obey. We, we better have a desire to um, please him. Um, a longing to follow his path. And then extend abundant grace to ourselves and others every step of the way as we fall short. So that's Peter. We're going to be going on some adventures here and having some fun talks and and uh, I'm excited about that. Um, what else can I say? Um, it's summer in Minnesota. We just spent uh, some time at family camp, and um, I just celebrated my 42nd birthday. And I'm excited about this season. Um, the kids are... are um, at a fun age where they're independently, they can get themselves up and dressed out the door, and and I can sit back and watch them play little league and um, enjoy some sunshine at the beach while they can occupy themselves these days. And uh, life's good. So maybe I'll finish with just a, a note on on church life. Um, yeah, we're in this season as a church where um, we're rethinking what it means to to do church. And I think 2020 inspired a, or forced every church to start rethinking the norm moving forward. Our culture's changing. Um, church uh, attendance rhythms are changing. And um, thankfully, we started rethinking things uh, in 2019, uh, basically sensing that, look, I don't feel called, I don't feel gifted to like grow an organization and run a Sunday service that entertains people and makes them happy. Um, God bless those churches who have staff and people with the gifts who love to launch programs, uh, hire staff and grow an organization and reach more and more people. Um, God bless those leaders um, but after 10 years I was just dying 
as I felt like, God, God's placed me on earth to be a discipler, <clears throat> a teacher of the Bible, a, a theologian, a writer, <clears throat> a contemplative. And, um, and I want to invite people into this deeper life of formation, this deeper life of learning. And, um, and we were at a place where it's like, well, we either fold the church because I, I can't do that organizational growth thing anymore. Never worked anyway, because it's not my gift. Or we, we change. We become something different. And I can honestly say I am experiencing more freedom than I have ever experienced um, as pastor of Main Street. Um, I've let go of worrying about who's coming and who's not. For better or for worse, I'm just like, I'm choosing to minister to those who show up. And I'm not losing sleep over those who are not showing up. And and there's a part of me that feels like, well, Jesus leaves the 99 and chases after the one. <laughs> but as I've told some people lately, it's like, yeah. Um, but Jesus, yeah, Jesus only had to, he was only in ministry for three, three, four years. Uh, I'm in year 11 of Main Street. And, um, you know, I'm tired of chasing the sheep who don't want to be fed. Um, they know where the pasture is. And so I'm choosing a new image for this season. Um, and I can say it in a snarky way or I can say it in a polite way. But but essentially Psalm 1 gives us a counter image to the, the tired, loving, self-denying shepherd who's constantly chasing after the stray sheep. Uh, Psalm 1 says, here's a river of living water. And if you want to grow, plant your butt by the water. <laughs> plant your life next to the spring. Get your butt over here and you will grow. You will flourish. You will thrive. But then the psalmist warns those who don't plant themselves by the spring, uh, they will wither. Their life will wither. Their spiritual life will wither in the hot suns. And, um, and I'm in this moment of saying, look, everyone out there, we're going to be providing various rivers and pools of, of living water for those who want to come and drink and plant themselves in our community, to plant themselves at our Wednesday night Bible study, to, to come plant their life in a regular rhythm of Sunday worship and community. And um, plant yourself and grow or wither in the sun. But you need to take responsibility for your spiritual growth, your life. And, um, and so I'm finding freedom in that. And I'm finding freedom in knowing that, you know, God's made me with certain gifts and that I'm more than willing to offer to the spiritually hungry. And, um, but I don't have every gift. And, um, and I'm no longer going to be someone I'm not. And so, boy, it, sometimes it takes 40 years to, to get comfortable in your own skin, to stop um, putting on masks and trying to be all people, to, all things to all people. But um, so if you're listening to this, boy, I encourage you to do some soul work and find yourself... Um, Get yourself aligned to who you truly are, who God's made you to be. 
and, and learn to live out of that place. I'm, I'm just beginning to get there, but boy, there is freedom to be found. So as I steer across this lake here at St. John's Abbey, as a chapel in the distance across the lake on a little point, old looking chapel, it's calling my name. It's saying, Jeremy, take a walk. Come into the woods, take a walk with me and uh, find your soul, find your life, find renewal. And I'm trying. And um, so thanks for listening to this rambling message. There's so much more to share, but that's a little bit about me here as I take some time off this week and throughout this month to recharge my batteries. Oh, and while I'm here, I'm trying to uh, write a manuscript uh, for a book I'm working on this summer called Spirit on the Water. Uh, I'm trying something new. I'm trying to uh, preach a series of sermons from the Bible. And at the same time as I'm prepping the sermons each week, I'm I'm trying to draft a chapter of a book. Uh, This helps keep me engaged in a season each year. Summertime when I, I usually disengage a bit to rest and find myself sinking into a depressive state. Just taking time off to wander around with no purpose um, has proven uh, very dangerous for me. So I'm trying to stay engaged in some sort of productive project, even while I take a rest from my regular routine. So, well, God bless you wherever you are. And may I encourage you to find your own monastery, whether that's a morning walk or a a morning commute and talk with God. Um, but find that place where you sense God's presence and you hear his voice. God bless you. We'll see you soon. <laughs>